fully committed. You know what I mean? Because you get so caught up in the works. And we're just listening to something on the way here. Saying how God can bless the message despite the messenger. Mm -hmm. You know? And you just have to be so careful because you can look up and are doing works. Obeying for obedience sake can be more like ritualistic, mm -hmm. you know. And then, because I was just sitting here wondering, like you were saying, all these kings, you get so excited, but you don't want to read the last paragraph of their reign. They didn't do this. They left that loophole. They Because it's like those small foxes that would destroy the vines. You leave that one little opening and sin is just waiting to take it over. But that's just what's in my mind. You know, you could even fool yourself thinking that you have the heart to do something. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. He doesn't speak a lot about I mean, it might, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people mentioned by name who just had a heart after God's work. And you just you have to really be careful because it's like he did so much, God gave him victory, but that's God. And you look up and how could you trip at the finish line? It's right there. And then you do completely against what your whole life has reflected, the commitment that you thought you had or might have had at one time. In this chapter, it also shows that he knew to go to God before this chapter. When um, Ahab was trying to coerce him into, uh, into going to war with him, he said, oh, well, what does God have to say about it? In this situation, they're back into a corner. There are forces, forces joined together and... It's a little bit different in this situation because it's not one of those things, well, what does God have to say about it? It was one of those things where he saw absolutely no way for them to win. We're back into a corner. There's nothing that we can do. We absolutely are done against this opposition. And then it was a crying out to God. Only you can save us. Only you can help us. And God comes through. But that's also a lot of what we do at times. Anyway, even if our life doesn't show that we trust God or that we follow God, the religion of it, the outward expression of it that the world is supposed to see. That is an indication of the relationship within you that the world is not supposed to see. With all that going on, we, regardless of our walk, will find a way to cry out to God when we're at our wit's end. They're at their wit's end. And God comes through. So... Can we look at this situation and deem him a man after God's own heart because he prayed for something and it happened? It's like episodic faith doesn't mean that you have true faith. 
you when you get in a bind. I can't do nothing but trust God. You ever heard people say mm -hmm. that? But you could trust him the whole time. So it doesn't necessarily mean to it doesn't make it a absolute. Well, I mean it's an it's an isolated incident. And what we talked about in EE about temporal faith. Mm -hmm. Even if it's uh, for a longer period of time than something else. Jehoshaphat, I believe, just reading over, we can look and say that he could have somewhat of a, a righteousness based on comparison. If you look at his life and compare it to other kings, Jeroboam, well, I mean, he stands out there. Rehoboam, to a degree, yeah, he, he stands out there. But what's the end result? The end result being what place does he, the king, maker of law, what you say is sovereign and it has to be done and can't be gone against. Where does he leave the people? Not what at all the stuff that he do. What all did he do? Where did he not leave the people? Where did he lead the people? And when he leaves what you call loopholes and the ability to go astray and he has the power to tear all that down because he showed that he could. Why leave it undone? Because we'll see later on that makes all the difference. And it's a reflection. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily his fault that everyone that followed him did like they did. Because we see hope throughout the kings of Israel, uh, the kings of Judah, and in Israel. We see hope somewhere down the line. Because after all, that line of Judah ends at Calvary. Mm. And everything that could have been contaminated leading up to that point was cleansed through the blood of Jesus. And anything that comes after that's impure can be washed away. It has to be set there, though. Bringing it back to 20. He's at his wit's end. He's got armies against him. What else could he do? Well, he does what he could do. Verse 20 opens up with um, Jehoshaphat and Judah being attacked by enemies from the east. Who are those enemies from the east? The Moabites and the Ammonites, the Ammonites as well. And and whereas we had Israel in the north, they were attacked from the north. They were fighting the Syrians there. Well, actually, they did some attacking there themselves. Jehoshaphat went up with Ahab. This is in the last chapter. And was that seen as a righteous thing or an unrighteous thing by God, do you think, joining up with Israel? Israel didn't have any good kings. Right. 
when he, when Jehoshaphat right when Jehoshaphat came back, he was reproved by Jehu. We saw that last mm -hmm. week. All right, we said uh, and Je and Jehu the son of Hanani the seer went out to meet him and up to King Jehoshaphat. Should thou help the ungodly and love them to hate the Lord? Therefore is the wrath upon thee from before the Lord. So basically, God's mad at you because you shouldn't have been up there with Ahab. You know Ahab does wrong. And Jehu says, nevertheless, we talked about this last week, nevertheless, but and still, you found some good in you. There's yeah. some good in you. There are good things found in thee. Thou hast taken away the groves out of the land and hast prepared thine heart to seek God. That's an important phrase right there. Uh, it goes to intent. Even though you make mistakes, if your heart is towards the Lord, he can take those. That's what he was talking about in the car today. He can take those mistakes mm -hmm. and still work good out of it. Mm -hmm. If your heart is not towards the Lord, he'll take those mistakes and still work good uh, from them. You just won't benefit from it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we get to this chapter. And when we get all the way to the end, all right, the Moabites come in, they... They, um, they're coming against Judah and Jerusalem. What do they do? They fall on their first. They acknowledge God's works. You've done stuff for us before. Then they ask God, Lord, could you do something for us now? Then they tell God, uh, knowing you, we want to let you Our eyes are on you, Lord. Mm -hmm. um, they affirm God. They worship God. And then they go into battle. And then as they're going into battle, they're still worshiping God and everything. It's funny how it's so easy to worship God when you're going into battle and you don't have, you're at the end of your rope. And that, that setup, mm -hmm. if you're just looking at the outside, like Jehoshaphat set it up where before the troops, mm -hmm. he had praisers right. mm -hmm. up front. Those were the first line of defense. Mm -hmm. The people who were singing praises. Then you had the combat troops. Mm -hmm. You know, who sets up their armies like that? You know, well, you got not the drummers and everything. Not, not today. Because you got to trust God for that kind of setup. Right. And it showed there. He trusted God. Mm -hmm. Because he knew who God was. But... Here's the, the scary part of that. So does the devil. Mm. He knows who God is. He knows his reach is... He, the devil's reach is limited. He knows that. Does that knowledge give him power? No. Because knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential. And once it's enacted upon, and done the right way, you show wisdom, and wisdom is power. Mm. The Bible says that that's the principal thing. And in all thy getting, get understanding. Mm. But the principal thing, the thing you, that's the first thing you need is wisdom. Mm. That's what you start to build on, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So that's where you start. All the other stuff leading up to it, you can call it whatever you want to. You can call a person clever. You can call them smart. You can tell them, call them intelligent. All of that stuff, it doesn't amount to the fear of the Lord. You ain't even started towards wisdom yet. And it's, it's funny, that thing, 
that wisdom that Solomon had. Remember, if we go back to the sixth chapter of Second Chronicles, 34th verse to like the 36th verse, we see Solomon praying, and he prays to God concerning this very subject. If thy people go out to yeah. war against yeah. their enemies by the way that thou hast sent them, and they pray unto thee towards this city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy name, then hear thou from the heavens their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause if they sin against thee. For there is no man that sinneth not, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them before their enemies. And they carry them away captives into a land all far off or near. Yet if they think in the land where they are carried captive, and turn and pray unto thee, in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned, we have done amiss, and have dealt wickedly. If they return to thee with their heart, and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, which uh, whether they have been carried away captives, and pray towards their land, which thou givest their fathers, and towards the city, which thou hast chosen, and toward the house, which I built in thy name, then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, their prayer and their supplications, and maintain their cause, and forgive thy people which have sinned against thee. It's that second part where Jehoshaphat prepared himself to seek God. When you look towards the end of the 21st chapter, we find out why. Not the groves which Jehoshaphat removed, but the high places which he was not able to remove. It says, and he walked away of Asa his father. This is Second Chronicles twenty-one, uh, Second Chronicles twenty, verse thirty-two that we just read. He walked away of Asa his father and departed not from it, doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Howbeit the high places were not taken away, for circle four. That means because. For as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. So even though, even though Jehoshaphat had his heart towards God, he was doing all he could. Just being human means you're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And God makes up the difference in those mistakes. But even as him being a leader, those under him had not done what he had done. And it was because of that reason that the high places were not taken down. It says, for as yet the people had not yet prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. So we being under good rule does not take us out from under the temptation of sin, under the, out of the influence of Satan or anything like that. We too must prepare ourselves to seek after God. 